from Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 538. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace and Trade. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hello, Mike Hurley. How are you today? Ooh, I regret asking that already. We started late today. I'm having some utilities <laughs> issues in my new home. I was on hold for an hour. I love you, though, got Mike. no satisfaction. No satisfaction. Well, you're here now. That's all that matters. We are going to talk about pins. Mm-hmm. You're going to wind down over the next hour, get into your moment of zen about Please. pins. You Please ready my, for this? My pen zen. <laughs> All right, pen zen. Did you know, Mike, the pen addict blog turns 15 in like 20 days from now? I do know that because I read your newsletter, but when I read it in your newsletter, oh, okay. I was surprised. I can't believe it's for 15 years. <laughs> yeah. The 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 official day is November 29th, but, you know, kind of like Fountain Pen Day, it's like Fountain Pen Day every day. When you have like an anniversary uh, coming up, like a big anniversary, it's just like an anniversary month. So it's just like we're just going to do like the whole month. It's like the, the blog's turning 15. I really don't do the celebration thing that well, except, Mike, I made a pen this time, so... We've talked about it before. I've been working mm-hmm. with Bennu Pen for many, many months now on creating a custom, you know, custom uh, color for the Pen Attic shop in kind of a celebratory vibe for 15 years of the Pen Attic blog. That is up on the shop now. What do you think about this pen, Mike? I know it's not your style. Not everyone uh, is is uh, a Bennu pen uh, style person. I think I wrote it well in Refill this past weekend. Um, they don't make pens for everyone, but they make pens for someone, right? So I, I, I think that's a pretty good way to put what Bennu does. They're weird. They're wild. They're colorful. They're fun. Um, they're also not for everyone, but I think they just absolutely crush this pen. What do you think? I typically don't enjoy Bennu pens. I do think the, mm-hmm. the the what you'll have worked together on is really very beautiful actually. Uh yeah. I think it's the the material and the shape is very I think it's a very good looking mm-hmm. pen. I purposefully chose not to go full Bennu, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty clear I did not go full Bennu, which if you think this pen is wild, this is like on the scale of two to 10 from one being like a basic black pen to like a 10 being like the full Bennu experience. This is like a three yeah. <laughs> of the bit of the Bennu uh, collection. So I love it. I've been using it. It's like this deep, deep, dark purple. It's got some orange and red and like light green uh, glitter in it. And it's spectacular. And they did these great pen. They did these great images uh, for the pen. They threw a party for the pen, but put the little 15 anniversary and a little cupcake in there. I, 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 I was very excited. So oh, I'm excited how this turned out. So, well, yeah. like I know that you worked with them. What made you go with these color mm-hmm. choices? I mean, it isn't necessarily what I would have expected. <clears throat> sure. So I kind of didn't want to do orange, right? Just right. because I always do it. But so like my next probably favorite color of pens or inks or things like that is dark purple, right? Like the the deeper purple. So I was like, well, I knew I've seen a lot of Bennu materials and I knew they could do that kind of base color well, like the deep dark purple. And, you know, it's got like different like shades and, you know, it's a little, some of it's a little bit lighter. Some of it leans like very, very black. So I knew they could do that base. So I thought that would be easy uh, to do something different uh, outside of orange. 
and then have a little bit of you know orange color in in the sparkle so it's just really just uh wanting to do something different you know i don't want to do orange all the time you know i, I like other colors as well and, and so do other people um and you know i've got an orange pin in in the shop right now too and that's the the opus 88 halo you know it's back in stock now so yeah we don't need to do all orange all the time uh even though that kind of goes against uh <laughs> goes against my existence mm -hmm. uh i like other colors too and uh you know i again like i do the things that i want for myself first right so i wanted something a little bit different and uh that's what we did and it, i think it came out great it looks super good Really, yep. really good. The hardest part, the hardest part was choosing an ink to put in there because uh, Robert Oster Fire on Fire is like perfectly complementary to this, right? But I already have that inked up in in uh, my Montegrappa pen, um, so I didn't want to go back on the orange. So I did like a a dark magenta with a green sheen, uh, the the diamine maureen. Um, I don't know if you remember those from a a few years ago. They're iridescent. Uh, series of inks they did with diamine they're so uh, very pretty so kind of a reddish purple and green kind of an odd ink to go with an odd pen and uh yeah i'm super super happy with it so those are up on the site now i'm gonna start shipping them out tomorrow uh we'll do 300 pens in total and right. that's it they're not numbered or anything but it's not just not going to be a recurring thing it's kind of just like a one-off but like there's a ton like they'll be available for a while so if you're interested check them out i would love uh, for you to check it out so it's very cool but you're a busy boy over there it's not what you got going on <laughs> it it's crazy busy so like i mentioned the opus 88 halos back in stock that one we crushed that one uh, the first time it came out. That's the thing about these pens is like they're really good value. Um, the Opus 88 especially, um, especially also if you're a Panatic member, um, there's some added discounts for that. So the, I'm, I'm just going uh, full capitalism here, uh, Mike, <laughs> right, out the, right out the jump. Um, so yeah, like that's a great pen. Um, I have a Montegrappa, a more high-end pen that will be restocked next week. So that's going. And then on top of that, Mike, the shipping department is about to blow up with, oh, I don't know, several hundred new inventory pencils from Spoke. Mm -hmm. So Brian and I have been working on the Spoke Model 4 update. So the Model 4 is our, our top selling pencil by far. Like it's yeah. the pencil that... I like I think most people if they're new to spoke that's the product that they know spoke from yep. um back in the day. Um that's the one that got me in touch with Brian, that's the one where I said, "Hey, this is different and unique and I love it." And to this day it's it's certainly been the best-selling pencil that we've had. And we've obviously branched out into other things, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute, but the Model 4 needed a couple of tweaks. Um Brian started designing some grips for the previous model that he was custom building, right? Custom assembling, I should say. So, you know, sandblasted grips, titanium grips. And this time, oh, and previously there was an inverted grip, which I thought was super strange, but really, really worked for me. This time we've done a few different things. We've made a wider grip, like a grip that's greater. It's, I think it's greater than 10 millimeters and it's also made out of titanium. So we have a wide grip model four. We have a flared grip model four like it's a little bit more subtle than the inverted grip to where it's kind of a straight 
uh, gripped and then it has kind of a flare out at the end, kind of like you would see a fountain pen section that's concave in the middle, then flared at the end. It's not really, this grip isn't concave in the middle, but there's a flare at the end to help you hold the pencil well. And then the one that I've been using the most is we did a knurled grip, but it's not any knurled grip. It's a knurled titanium grip, which not a lot of companies do. Most of the knurling is on aluminum or maybe even steel grips. So we have a titanium knurled grip, which is really, really nice. I've been using it. Um, I think it's going to do super well. So we'll have a lot of barrel colors, a lot of um core sizes for the graphite you know 0 0.5 0 0.7 0 0.9 millimeter you know we'll have your standard gray barrels and blue barrels but we'll have our cyans and our limes and our purples and all that probably by the time you're listening to this uh you'll be able to go to spokedesign.com and uh, all of our new inventory will be up and then um we have some new roadies in there as well so and some new uh, silver-based roadies, silver color-based barrel road roadies with color caps. And yeah, we're just rolling. We'll be doing, hopefully getting some new pin stuff in before the end of the year as well. It's been a huge, huge delay mm -hmm. uh, throughout 2022 for us getting products. Like all of this stuff is like literally months behind, like six months behind yeah. probably. And just like, you know, my pin attic stuff, everything's happening all at once and it's a lot, but like, it's good stuff. So we're, we're happy to do it. We're finally, um, excited to get some inventory back. And, uh, that's just the way the manufacturing works. Mike, you know, you know, the catchphrase. I don't just know the catchphrase. I know the, the feeling <laughs> you're living it. <laughs> I'm living it. I, I did want to mention actually. So yeah. one, I'm very excited to see more about those. They're, they're super cool. Uh, the new Spock yeah. stuff. Um, the Model 4 is, you know, it also was what brought me into the Spoke fold, right? Of like, oh, this is cool. Like, mm -hmm. I remember us talking about it way back when. Uh, but yep. what I, I wanted to come back around for a moment because I realized I didn't make enough point of it. Uh, do you think much about 15 years of the Pan Attic? Do you have much of a feeling? Uh not really. Like if I think about it too hard, I'm like, dang, that's <laughs> bought 2000. What's weirder to say isn't 15 years is that it started in 2007. That seems like a long time ago. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it makes me smile. I will say that like, I'm super happy like that it's become a thing. And then, you know, by the time January 1st rolls around, that'll be seven full years that I left my job, right, to be able to do this, like the big picture this, you know, hey, mm -hmm. we're talking about a podcast about pens. Hey, I'm getting to make cool stuff with cool people. And hey, I'm able to make a living off of all of these things. Um, when I think I, I tend not to let myself think about it too hard because I'm super fortunate in, in what I do. And I don't want to get blinded by that fact. Like I'm, I literally spent most of this morning, like brainstorming what type of content I want to create in 2023. That's where my mind's at oh, right wow. now. Not celebrating uh, 15 years, which is definitely worth celebrating. And I'm not selling that short at all. But like, I'm literally mm. thinking about, okay, like we have to keep going here, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to rest on my laurels. I don't want to like pat mm -hmm. myself on the back. I want to um, keep having fun and uh, keep spreading the pen word. So like, I, I just, I love what I do. I'm very fortunate. Um, I'm thankful for you, for all the listeners, for all the supporters. Um, so yeah, so maybe we'll, maybe, you know, maybe now next month or so we'll 
we'll do like a real like 15th anniversary recap or have uh, some more thoughts on it. But that's yeah. my, my general thoughts is like, I don't overly think about it because I'm kind of always moving forward. Right. Like I'm already like my brain is already into next year. Like let's go, let's do these things. Let's, let's plan on all this awesomeness and let, let's uh, keep having fun. Like that's, that's what drives me. It is wild to me. That you have now reached the, celebrate every five years part of an anniversary right <laughs> that is true they uh, when you think about it that way there is a point where you know you know we're not having like the six month anniversary and the, well and you the, know like, hey, like up here's to the 10, anniversary maybe. of our first date yeah yeah but i feel like up to 10 years you can be a bit like <laughs> oh it's the sixth year of the blog yep. it's the seventh but once you pass 10 yep. now it's like all right 15 20 25 30 like that's you now mm -hmm. you're in that kind of room mm -hmm. which is wild yep yep and uh and we're we're gonna keep hitting those marks we're not stopping anytime soon that's the plan oh no one's doubting that i can tell you that part <laughs> All right, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Trade Coffee. I believe, and I think you should believe too, that really the start of a great day is drinking fantastic coffee. This is something that I enjoy. I'm sure you enjoy too. I mean, who doesn't? And if this is something that's important to you, I want you to go and check out Trade Coffee. Trade makes it incredibly easy to get the best coffee delivered fresh from the finest local roasters around the country. Going to a coffee shop is great, but it's not something that everyone can do every day as well. So if you want that delicious local coffee shop taste on a daily basis, you should go and get it with Trade Coffee. It is a subscription service that makes it so simple for you to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day. No fancy equipment required. It's so easy to upgrade your coffee routine with Trade. Trade partners with the nation's top independent roasters to send you coffee that they know you're going to love, and it will be sent fresh to your home and on your preferred schedule. Plus, you get to support small local businesses, which is a win-win. I know this is something that me and Brad have spoken about in the past, right? Finding new roasteries that you didn't know existed before. Yeah, it's fantastic. And getting to read those stories mm -hmm. and having you know your your preferences show up at your door and you know it's going to be like the perfect uh perfect flavor the perfect roast the perfect tasting notes for for your for your coffee and let me tell you there wouldn't be 15 years of the pen addict without coffee i am definitely the cliche fueled by coffee mike and uh i appreciate trade is currently fueling me very very well they're keeping me on full every day whether you already know what you like or you're new to specialty coffee and need some help, Trade makes it incredibly easy and convenient to discover new coffees. They'll send you ground coffee or whole beans for however you make your coffee at home. So whether you're getting started or you're a coffee aficionado looking to find something new, Trade guarantees you're going to love your first bag or they'll send you a new one for free. Upgrade your coffee today with Trade Coffee to let them take the guesswork out of finding your perfect cup. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your subscription plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash penaddict. That's D-R-I-N-K. T-R-A-D-E.com slash penaddict for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the U.S. Drinktrade.com slash penaddict. Our thanks to Trade Coffee for their support of this show and Relay FM. 
All right, Mike, I want to kick off a fun segment right. here. And um, this is this is based around the idea that everyone knows. Anyone who's uh, active on the internet, which if you're listening to the show, you're probably uh, internet engaged. You know all about the hot takes, right? Hot takes are what drive drive the engagements and drive the algorithms. The you know, moment. everyone wants to know the hot take, the hot take news. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially like in the, the political climate we live in and all that stuff. Well, I was like just thinking hot take about everywhere, hot Twitter take everywhere. in general right now. But yeah, sure. Yeah, Twitter yeah. in general. Yeah, everything's a hot take. Everything's a hot take. And that doesn't really work in the stationary world. <laughs> We're all too nice. Like I've never, you know, created content around hot takes. You know, we don't, we don't follow the algorithm here at the pen addict, you know, not on the blog. I've never done anything that's, 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 that's for the clicks or for the algo or anything like that. So we were, when we were talking about this on Twitch is how this topic came up is like, well, are there hot takes and stationary? Can you have a hot take? You know, what are your hot takes? You know, do you, is there a product you love that everyone hates or the product you hate that everyone loves vice versa? Um, and basically I decided that, um, uh, as we were going through all these hot takes is eh, they're more lukewarm takes, right? Like this is, this is a, this is a bunch of lukewarm takes here in the stationary world. We're not really, uh, going for like the pure hot, t- pure hot takes. You know, we're not taking anyone down, right? We're not making the clickbaity titles. There's only so much, uh, so much hotness you can, you can deal with when you're dealing with pens and paper and ink and pencils and all all of that stuff. We're just we're just too nice, Mike. We're just too nice. So I want to talk about this collection of lukewarm takes. That's that's the phrase I'm going to use. So mm-hmm. uh, these lukewarm takes. I'm gonna I want to go through some of these today. So I have a list that uh, a bunch of people in in Twitch chat we we created. I wrote a bunch of these down. So I've taken a sampling of these. Um, and these takes like the hard thing about these are like especially in the stationary world. This stuff's like super personal, right? We're talking about preferences, really, right? No, you know, we're going to burn people down today. No preferences allowed. <laughs> it's like, you know, if I us. like it, <laughs> Mike's going the hot route. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to stay in the lukewarm channel here. So uh, we got a little hot and cold in, in, in this bath over here, today. Mike. That's where I am. <laughs> yes, big, big uh, popular word. Uh, that is a hot take word, Mike, so you mm-hmm. should uh, continue to do that. So maybe you'll come up with a hot take um, as as we go through this. But I'm going to kick it off with one of mine. And so I'll tell you, I put a few of mine in here, but mostly we'll talk about uh, some other ones that other people have. And we'll we'll decide if they're, you know, a hot take or a lukewarm take or, or not a take at all. But um, I'm going to I'm going to kick things off with probably my uh, my hottest of lukewarm takes. And that is that eyedropper fill fountain pens are the worst filling system. And what I mean is, and I, I'm not counting Japanese traditional eyedroppers. I think that's a different system. I'm talking about the the fill the barrel full of ink with silicone gel or O-rings or that type mm-hmm. of filling system where you're just pouring ink into the barrel and sealing it off either with grease or with O-rings. I think that's the worst filling system. And I know people love that filling system. And I understand why, right? It's a high capacity filling system. I never need that much ink in a pen because I use too many pens, right? Again, these are personal things and they tend to make a mess half the time. Like I've had some eyedroppers, like I will continue to fill eyedropper fill pens every now and then. Like I don't mind doing it. It's like, eh, this is cool. Let me try it. After about once, 
I'm right into the converter or even a cartridge sometimes. I'm just avoiding eyedroppers just for waste. Like I'm not, I'm using too much ink. I'm filling it with too much ink and not using the ink. You know, that's a personal thing. You know, it's a flaw in my own uh, system. But I'm also having to deal with, you know, the, the, the pen burping and making mess in the cap or splashing around mm-hmm. or just, you know, getting too inky on the page, not uh, mitigating the flow as well in there. So that is probably uh, my hottest take. Um, so most of my takes are lukewarm. Like I really don't have hot takes because, you know, it's it's pens. We all like what we like. So I what think do, you're completely right with the, with the, okay. the uh, eyedropper system. It's too mm-hmm. messy, damages pens, like the bodies of pens sometimes, like... I have pens good, that good. are stained from doing this. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, sure. And really, I don't... I think the benefit that, that people talk about is so slim of, like, you can put more ink in the pen. It's like, yeah, but, like, how much more really is it that goes... You know what? I don't think it's that much more. Right. So... Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Get me... You know, if I'm... I mean, and it's 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 simple, right? It's generally simple to make, right? There's no additional mechanisms. You know, it's a little bit cheaper, but then the the, the burdens on the user to do it correctly to not make a mess. And I would just generally tend to avoid yep. that type of thing. And it's so, also like you, um, you need all this weird extra equipment. Like, oh, you got to get yeah, like a syringe, not too much, but you have the silicone, or, and then you got yeah, but you got to do the True. silicone thing. Like, how much silicone is too much silicone? How often do you have to replace it, the silicone? It's just like it's aggravation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I get it on all the threads? Yep. Do I need to do it on the 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 just the just the grip section? Do I need to get it on the nib threads on the housing? So now yeah, your you got pen is always greasy a, a little areas, bit forever so. because you put too much yep. on when you yeah. Yep, you feel it on your fingers when it comes through the threads. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Eyedroppers, I love the idea of them. I tend not to use them uh, just for all the... They're they're extra, and I, I don't find the the need for the extra. I don't, I don't get those benefits. So, all right, that was one of mine. Uh, one we got from Twitch chat. I will not name names, mostly because I didn't write down names on this. Um, I do know who said this, though, and I feel really seen when they did say this. We should use the inks we have instead of buying new ones. How's that for a hot take? Uh, I mean, my issue with that take is that you can't got, just constrain it to inks. Like, that can't be the only thing you believe. <laughs> Like, if you're going to go for that take, you've also got to apply it to pens and notebook. That you And if you want to apply it to that, go for it. But I feel like you can't just selectively mm-hmm. apply that to one element. <laughs> I think that's I think that's I think that's fair. I just felt like pretty seen by that. Like, I think we, ink is one of those things. No purchase is ever accidental, but when we're like, say we're buying like a $200 pen, you know, we tend to like passively say, well, let me just add this $20 ink there. You know, I just spent $200 on a pen. I I deserve this $20 ink. And it's like, well, that's $20 worth of ink. And you already have, you know, in a a lot, a a large number of other $20 inks, (laughs) you know, that are sitting there unused. But, you know, we all, we're always tempted. Yeah. I'm raising my hand completely. I'm super guilty of this. Um, 
even when I do my little uh, magic trick I do for myself, Mike, where I say, oh, this is a review product, not a personal product, right? That's the one magic trick that I use on uh, myself. I, buy uh, I, my I work. still end up with too many inks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, pl- I play that card frequently and uh-huh. uh, inks is the one that gets me in trouble there because they just end up stacking up, stacking up. So related to that, I, I have another one of mine um, and it, this is this is more lukewarm than the eyedropper one. But my lukewarm take is that nobody needs a super sheening ink. I think that's the worst feature, uh, worst like, you know, marketing feature of any ink they tend to be overly messy. I guess there's a theme here. I like I like clean <laughs> I like clean pens and clean paper and clean ink. I, I'm clearly not a left-handed Mike. My apologies, left-hander. I'm uh, my apologies for that. But super sheening inks are more drama than they're worth. the The pictures you see on the internet uh, look amazing, right? That's that's what tempts us into going. Look what this ink does. And then you get it in your pen and it gunks it up and it gets all over the nib and the feed. And then you start writing with it on paper and it never dries and it sticks to the other page when you close the notebook and it gets all over your hands. And I say this as someone who has a, a pretty sheening ink right now that I mentioned earlier, the Diamond Maureen, like that's my limit, right? It at least dries respectably. It's, it's not gross in the nib, but some of these super sheening inks, that are so popular, I just think are terrible. Like I really don't like super sheening inks and I like sheen as a ink feature. I like shading first and then I like sheen around the edge of the lines, right? I don't want a hundred percent sheen coverage on the top of the line that I just wrote, right? So super sheening inks almost are to the level of creeping me out. And I just don't think anybody needs that. You can get some some moderately sheening inks, right? And those be- that behave so much better. Like I don't think super sheen should be a thing. So that's that's my I'm not uh, lukewarm even take. Sure, on I know what super sheen is. To be honest, I don't know. yeah, I don't think you really have any. But it's basically like if you'll you've seen a thousand pictures of these where, and the most popular one is blue. Well, you'll get like a blue base ink color, but when it dries, it it's red on the top, right? It's just like the the chemical reaction and the air. Um, so it'll have almost like a, a color changing aspect to it, but on the surface of the base ink, right? It's, yeah. it, it sits on top of the base ink. So you'll see like when you turn the page, like the ink will turn from like blue to red is the most common example. And some of them are just a hundred percent coverage. It's like, I'm writing a blue line and by the time it dries, it's red. And, um, and a lot of times, like, it looks cool for a minute until you have it all over your hands and all over your notebook because it, a lot of them don't dry very well. So you can find some pictures of them uh, online. I'm not going to call out any, any names specifically, but there are some famous super sheening inks. They're very, very popular um, because they photograph extraordinarily well and they mm. look awesome. I just think the actual like day-to-day use of them is horrible like it, it would drive me bonkers like i just don't like it so yeah next one mike mm-hmm. this might this might well i think we're going you know like in the hot in the hot water we're like turning turning up the heat a little bit on this one this one might get a little bit uh more than lukewarm uh, because it hits home a little bit and this is a little two-parter from two different people machine pens always look unfinished and are always too thick at the grip. So that was that was one from Chad. And let me 
uh, add in this second part. So this is a two part. This is from a different person's hot take, Mike. Machined pens are pointless. Why on earth do you need an expensive holder for a perfectly good refill? I take this a little personal. Do you want to go first as I uh, as I as I quell quell my as as I bring my temperature back down to lukewarm? Yeah, what, the definition of machined pens is so broad, right? Like, um, <laughs> like yeah. isn't every pen made of a machine? Mm-hmm. Like, what are they referring to? Do you think probably you know the metal barrel pens? You know, take like spoke for design. Spoke's a machine pen. Uh, tactile turn, Keras Customs. You know all of our popular like machine yeah, pen makers. But like, I get what you're saying. Any of that, to be honest, <laughs> just yeah. they're, they they they're bad takes. This is where the the hot take goes into the personal realm. Like these yeah. are tastes, right? This is a personal taste, a preference, right? This yeah. is a preference, I believe, not a hot take. Which I'm down with that. Like if you don't like them, that's totally cool. Um, and you know, if they look unfinished to you, yeah, I, I get that. Like I've seen some machine pens that just like look like steel and unfinished and like, that's not your style. You know, um, there's lot, there's tons of brands out there that, that do this. Um, the machine pens are pointless. I is, is more of a weird one to me because that's that I, I do see the fact that is, that's a very stationary nerd thing. Like if I'm a pilot G2 fan, and I'm not just a regular user. I'm actually like an active writer. I'm looking for something better. But like I like the G2 and I like the 0.5 millimeter G2. And I just don't like how that barrel is. Well, could I find something better? And I think that's kind of like a like the the next step into like the path of like full on stationary addiction like we have. And in that case, like I get why people buy machine pens. Obviously, I'm coming from a huge place of bias here as I've been before I was even involved in spoke pen. I've long been, you know, the Kickstarter machine pen guy, right? That's a decade long thing for me. So I obviously have completely different thoughts on this, but like I get the style hot take more than the, why do they exist? Hot take. Like I do like having, Hey, let me get an upgrade for my cool cool uh ink refill that i like so much and and have something more fun if i'm going to use this pen very very regularly let me uh let me upgrade how it appears uh a little bit so uh you know i i do find that interesting so next one mike i i'm interested on your your uh take on this so this is also from twitch most maquillage looks like a child got hold of some finger paints <laughs> good at a distance but never close up <laughs> Hot take, go. Somebody put that child into art college because they're clearly <laughs> very talented. Whoever this person's child is that they've seen uh, that's creating this 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 kind of artwork, they've got some skills because I'll tell you right now, mm-hmm. that is bananas. That's the thing to say. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I... Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, there there's levels, right? There's tiers. But even like if you're looking at a very simple um, pen with maquillage art, 
that you know is not like overly embellished or very mm-hmm. simple i think it looks pretty great still like even like the most simple stuff and we're not even talking about the expensive stuff which certainly does not look like uh the finger paint yep. uh issue but uh even like the the low-end stuff like it's a fine delicate artwork like i i appreciate even the the simplest attempt at doing this but uh yeah i get it I, that's a preference that's a preference there and uh, maybe a little bit of a hot take you know maybe a little lukewarm i don't know but uh that's that's definitely a thing i i like how this is going mike we got we got some more to cover we have some more that i think are going to cause some uh consternation here but uh let, let's take a break real, real quick and we're going to get into a couple of these other ones some are very simple and some i think we're going to have a long conversation about this episode is brought to you by friends over at Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell your products, services, even the content that you create because Squarespace has you covered. It's super easy to get started. You just choose one of their beautiful templates. It's as easy as browsing the category of business or site that you want to make to find that perfect starting place. They're very customizable. You can just with a few clicks make it feel like your home online and really make it fit your needs. Then if you want to start a blog, they have all of the tools that you'll be looking for to share your videos, photos, your posts, your stories, whatever it is, maybe the updates you want to share with those that are important to you. You can categorize them, share your posts, and even schedule them to make the content work for you. You can then kind of start to learn where are these people coming from and use insights to grow your business. Squarespace has the ability to track your site visitors, to track your sales, all of this stuff, all in the in Squarespace itself. You can work out which channels are most effective for you. You can analyze all of this in Squarespace. Then with that data, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords and most popular products and content. Go right now to squarespace.com slash penaddict and you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code penaddict and you'll save 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash penaddict. And then when you sign up, use the offer code penaddict to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of the Penaddict and Relay FM. We're going to get back into it with this three-word hot take, All Mike. Right. Rodia, is, Rodia is overrated. Any thoughts? I don't know if I disagree. I am in the same boat. When someone said that in chat, I was like, you know what? I think I might agree with this statement. And that is not a knock on Rodia. That is a long-term evolution in testing out, trying discovering new papers rhodia has become available now right rhodia used to not be available in the broad sense um you know a decade ago um you know it was unique at the time it it's still unique like it's it's a what we call like a coded paper right it works well for fountain pens once you start discovering fountain pens it handles fountain pen inks beautifully i think it's so here's Rhodia is not necessarily overrated, but in a weird way, it's become utilitarian in our world, right? It's the the ubiquitous paper now. And so maybe just like my personal tastes have changed where I actually don't actively use Rhodia. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's overrated, but like I found things that I prefer, you know, Midori, Life, 
Moroman, all of these things. And I tend to recommend them more than Rodia, but I still recommend Rodia a lot mm-hmm. for beginners and people who are trying to discover what they like. And hey, what? how can paper make a difference in your writing experience? And Rodia is always a great thing for that. So I, I guess I won't say it's overrated, but I don't disagree with the statement as much as I thought. Um, one of the hangups I've always had with Rodia is their pads. Rodia pads are top tier. Their bound hardcover notebooks are not close to the pads, right? There's this real disconnect in those two products I see in, in my experience and other people's experiences. So if their hardbound products were, you know, could, could match the pads, um, I think the pads are, are the way to go in the hardbound stuff. I'm, I'm looking elsewhere. So, all right, Mike. Yeah, I, I just said to, to the last thing on the rodeo mm. thing. I think it's like a carryover from when we didn't know so much, you know, like where we didn't have mm-hmm. as much mm-hmm. access mm-hmm. to new products or we just didn't, hadn't yet tried a bunch of stuff. And so the idea that, right. like, it just, you know, at that time, rodeo was like a really fun and high quality experience. And then we've maybe like carried that thinking on all this time, even though we found things that are uh, much better, but maybe more niche. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't want to use Rodia all day, every day as like my one and only pad. Mm. Like Mm -hmm. now that I have, I use a lot of different pens and papers and Rodia would not be the answer to that particular question. So I think it is still the answer to some questions though. So interesting. All right, here's a two-parter. So this, these are two different comments, but they both tie into the same idea. So let me read them both to you. So this is the first one. Too much about pens is focused on making them more expensive instead of good writers. Okay, so that was one hot take. The second separate hot take from a different um, different person in Twitch. You can have a better experience with a $30 pen than a $300 pen. So let's take the first one first. Um too much about pens is focused on making them more expensive instead of good writers. This is like a thesis paper discussion, right? Yeah. Because they're almost unrelated topics, right? There's there's two parts of this statement that are generally unrelated, except by the end product, they're completely related, right? You're using the pen as a complete object. What makes it expensive doesn't always translate to making it a good writer because those two things are oftentimes not related, right? Where does the cost come from? Okay, in the nib, material, right? Is it steel or is it gold? Let's just keep it that simple right now. So that's a flat cost difference, right? So steel nib is, let's just for quick math, let's say a steel nib is $25 and a gold nib is $150, right? Those are just, let's just call them facts, even though that's that's being a little bit strong with the word. Let's just say that's what it is. Everything else is unrelated to the cost of the nib in what makes the pen expensive you know, what type of material they're using. Like, I'm not saying anything anyone doesn't know this already. You know, what is the material? What is the filling system? You know, what type of extra artwork? Do we go back to the maquillage or the arushi? Or is it just a basic acrylic? Or is it just, you know, very inexpensive, inexpensive, you know, molded plastic? You know, um, I think 
in breaking down this question, the focus is, God, it's, it's really hard to explain. The focus when you're making a pen is on the overall and writing experiences is only a part of it. And that's mm-hmm. kind of backwards to say out loud, right? That doesn't make sense when you say it out loud. But let's take Lamy, for example. If I'm Lamy, like I'm making like a safari that is a unique design, a unique feel. It's trying to teach people how to grip a pen, right? It also writes words, right? So like, am I saying the writing experience of a Lamy Safari is secondary? No, but that's not the only question Lamy's trying to answer when they're designing a safari. So when you say the focus should be on the writing experience, I think you're missing out on what makes the pen great overall, right? What if you had the best writing pen that wasn't comfortable or you didn't enjoy looking at or didn't feel right in your hand, right? Like I, I'm, I'm struggling with this a little bit because I'm not disagreeing, but I think I'm almost trying to figure out how to reword this into, you know, a, a, a more defined answer. And I'm, I'm not sure I could do it. <laughs> do you have any, any help with me on, on this one? I don't know in general if like it feels like that there is more headroom into making a pen ex- expensive in ways that are other than its writing ability like it feels like that's kind mm-hmm. of probably even perfected at this point like mm-hmm. the the way that say a fountain pen like its experience to use the way it feels to write I don't know how much more innovation is left. Um, and if there mm-hmm. is any, it's going to be really complicated and expensive for a company to, to develop that, I feel like, where they can, if mm-hmm. they, you know, make it look prettier, use more expensive materials. That's so it's like, yeah, maybe the focus is on making pens more expensive instead of good writers. But I would argue that maybe we've already made them as good as they can be. And if you don't think mm-hmm. a pen is a mm-hmm. good writer, you shouldn't be spending any money on it, no matter what materials it is. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, I'm having a hard time separating the two, right? And almost like taking cost out because I don't know how how I'm going to make the writing better, like you're saying, right? Like, for lack of a better term, is that solved, right? The writing part is pretty much solved. Now, are we talking about quality control? Like, I think that's a different, a different question as well. So like, this is a really tough, like I get the idea behind the question. I'm not sure, or behind the hot take, but I'm not sure, like I'm totally, I have a, a, like a great answer to, to, yeah, I I totally agree with this or no, I totally disagree with this. I Mm -hmm. think it's, it's, it's somewhere in the middle. So so let's break down the second part. You can have a better experience with a $30 pen than a $300 pen. Absolutely. I mean, like, sure. Yeah. I mean, I will preach that from the mountaintop. Yeah. Just depends like, what the two are, doesn't it really? Yeah. And again, we're getting deep into preferences in this one as opposed to hot takes, but this is this is just a fact, right? 
there you will never get an argument from me on this one right <laughs> you are this is this is a fact like this is this is what we what we think about a lot and we talk about this gets into that value conversation that's impossible to define like well why is this pin $30 and this pin $300 and why should i buy why should i buy the $300 one well i mean maybe you shouldn't like i there's not a black and white answer to that mm. you know the $30 pin could write better than your $300 pin that's just a fact but you know you got to realize like we're not just buying strictly one single thing when we're when we're paying for a pen you know we're paying we're buying all of it together maybe it's you know a five dollar preppy that's just brilliant right or you know maybe it's a three hundred dollar you know pilot 823 that's like a technical marvel you know so like it's hard to compare those two and you can absolutely have a better experience with a 30 dollar pen than a 300 dollar pen so i would almost say that's not even a hot take i think that's just a fact all right all three of these lukewarm takes here we're gonna go we're gonna give these the the lukewarm take came in from three different people at three different times independent of each other not okay. like back and like not like immediately one after the other so the first one i had written down was pen choice matters more than paper the second one again separate time separate person paper matters more than the pen uh-oh and then the third one in independent of the other two Ink matters more than the pen or the paper. <laughs> so which is it, Mike? Are any of those hot takes? So the first can one I, is pen choice ask, matters. Do you matters think people are trolling yeah. there? Like, do you like you know what I mean? Like, what's going on? What's going on? I there? don't. I I don't because I actually I, there could be some trolling, but I thought these work good together because I think there is one small take in there, and I think that people dis. I think. That my lukewarm take is that paper is more important than people give it credit for. Mm. So out of those three, I think the pen is the least important choice. I think the paper matters the most. The ink matters the second, and the the pen uh, does not matter. That's, so maybe not, by pen choice matters. Hmm, I would not. I was just gonna say maybe by pen choice matters more than paper. Maybe they mean like refill or ink. You know. But like I think, I think paper is the underrated, um, least, um, or the most forgotten aspect of of the the triangle here that we have to have. You know, like the pen, ink, and paper uh, triangle. You need all of those things to to do well. I think paper is the most underrated of the three, um, and then ink matters a lot. Like ink matters a lot. Pen That's choice, interesting. I would go pen, paper, ink. <laughs> what do you mean by pen? Can you define pen? What is what question? What kind of question is that? What do you mean? Can I define? Like, is it the? F yeah, yeah, yeah. When you say the pen matters the most, you're talking about the the writing system, as in like the the internals, the refill aspect or the nib aspect of it, not the physical no, barrel like, and design. For me, of like it. The, yes, like the quality of the nib. Like I mm -hmm. find for me. A good fountain pen can make bad paper more bearable. Where for okay. me, good paper cannot make a bad pen more more bearable. Okay. Yeah, I I won't disagree with that. Uh, I see what you're saying. Like I think that I that like saying. a good a really good fountain pen can like even out problems in paper, and where like for me that 
isn't the case because like some of the things that I find worse in fountain pens like scratchiness or whatever even good paper mm-hmm. can't stop that from happening for me okay I can see that okay I gotcha so yeah so you know the the nib slash refill is the most important thing yeah but so. I can yes that's part in, of the in your mind mm-hmm yeah, yeah. I and I'm not saying paper's the most important thing. I'm saying paper is the the most forgotten. Like if someone has a pen and an ink and a in a fountain pen, in the case of a fountain pen, a nib, mm-hmm. and they go and then they just grab their whatever the the pad on their desk is and they go, Oh, this is terrible. Like the first question I'm asking is what paper are you using? Not what mm-hmm. pen are you using or what nib do you have? Those are the set that's the second question I ask. I think that's my point. Fair enough. So yeah, it's it's good. So I think there there's people who uh, will will rank these in uh, rank these in different uh, orders, which is interesting to me. So yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, next one could be could be a little little hot, maybe a little lukewarm. Miss me with holiday theme pins. What's your take on this? Meh. If you don't want them, you don't want them. Like I don't, I don't feel like I particularly yeah. need. Holiday theme pens. I, I like the occasional mm-hmm. Christmas pen, um, mm-hmm. but I think I'm generally on the the miss me with holiday theme pens. I like looking at them. I don't really care to own them. I think the one exception is Halloween. I think Halloween has the best colors and sure. the best designs, and kind of like the the spooky themes like kind of fit again preferences not really hot takes right preferences but i think in general you know miss me with the holiday pins mm-hmm. I, I i would sign that petition i guess um you know if we didn't have any holiday theme pins I'd, I'd miss seeing some of the spooky halloween stuff i do like that but uh outside of that yeah i'm good i'm covered um all right next one that this might be a hot take i don't know it might maybe it's obvious i'm interested to see what you say Fountain pens are the worst choice in almost every situation. I'm having a hard time disagreeing with that statement. (sighs) (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you. I think I agree. I with mean, this statement. I think I'm in hot take. I think I'm in hot takeville on this I, one. I think this is a hot take, and I think I'm sign sign me up. I can agree with it, but I don't agree. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I can I can 100 agree with. Like, I can say yes, you are right, but. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I prefer. But except them. at my desk, writing in yeah. my journal, yes, you know, with my cursive italic uh-huh. nib and my beautiful ink. I mean, then it's the best. It's the best choice yep. in that situation. <laughs> just all, every time I use them, it's like you know, I, I'm using I'm using a fountain pen today to just write down time codes of things that mm-hmm. I need to tidy up in the episode. Like it's like so pointless, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, like such such simple <laughs> writing, which you know, I have to have like a whole thing. Like I use my. Uh, uh, my it's called oh man it's not, is it called inkwell yeah yeah the mm-hmm. from a the, good the little stand yeah the little good stand. good made better good right? made better so i use yes. that stand because most of my fountain pens uh pen wells pen wells not yeah inkwell, the pen wall pen wall 
So I use Sorry. the Penwell yes, thing uh, because I I can't be unscrewing and rescrewing the cap on my pen every time, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. we make a lot of mistakes. Yep. Not really, but like mm-hmm. it's just like a whole thing where it's like <laughs> it can get annoying. Well, because I used to do it, and you could sometimes hear the pen being capped and uncapped on my microphone. True, it's like a whole thing, mm-hmm. and uh, so really, just a simple pen that wouldn't leak or whatever, or could be just left out, would be better. But no, I want to use a fountain pen for that instead because I enjoy it. It feels nicer to use. I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting one. Um, I kind of didn't disagree with that. Um, So related, we're going to wrap it. This is the last hot take one, and this is from me, and it's kind of related to the previous topic. So uh, this is from me. Ballpoint pens are the best choice in almost every situation. Why a ballpoint over a roller, rollerball? <laughs> like, what's wrong with a rollerball? Because rollerballs bleed. You bleed. Mm-hmm. Gel gel pens don't dry. Fountain pens don't dry. Fountain pens are particular on paper. Ball pens are the best choice in almost every situation. That may be my hottest take of all. Like, I I'm open to disagreement. I'm just no. I like, mean, I, I'm back with you in the in the same boat as I was with the previous question, which is like, mm-hmm. I can agree with you. I don't want to. Mm. <laughs> you know, like I I like I I I use a lot of ballpoints, right? So like I I am no more than fifty percent fountain pen usage. Um, you know, and it's probably less than that. Like I'm staring at. A ballpoint, like literally, like near my writing hand is a pencil, several fountain pens, a gel pen, uh, three gel pens, and a ballpoint. Like mm-hmm. I just use lots of stuff all the time, right? So if, yeah, like out in the real world, like the chat is saying, you know, like I left the house yesterday. Guess what? You know, guess what pen I took? Like I took a ballpoint. Right, I took a roadie because it has a ballpoint refill. Like mm. that's always going to prove uh, to to be the right choice um, in most in most situations. Even sitting here writing in my journal, I, I absolutely write in my journal with a ballpoint pen all the time. You know, so I, I use ballpoints a lot. So that's uh, that's my hottest of hot takes, and uh, we can leave it there. I would love to hear any other hot takes we have. I there's probably I don't know. I wrote like two or three pages in my plotter of hot takes. I thought these were these were the best ones. I thought these were the ones definitely worth the discussing and and seeing if we kind of agreed, disagreed. Again, yeah. you know, pretty lukewarm <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. This is all very preference based, lukewarm takes. But uh, I think it's fun when we have fun with stationary, Mike. That's 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 the goal, right? And we want to have fun with all this stuff. And I, I like talking about all of these things. Uh, I am uh, I'm still wrapping my head around some of it. Like, you know, do I really disagree with that? Do I agree with that? I don't know. I'm not sure. But uh, hey, use what you love, love what you use, and uh, you know, well, that'll always be the the best take of all. 
If you want to find links and information about this episode, you can go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 538. Thank you to Trey Coffee and Squarespace for the support of this show. You can find Brad online over at penaddict.com, spokedesign.com. He's penaddict on Instagram, dowdyism on Twitter, and Brad streams three times a week at twitch.tv slash penaddict. You can find me online. I'm at imike, I-M-Y-K-E, and go to cortexmerch.com as well. Uh, We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs> <laughs>